welcome to the Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Denham, and this is a place for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. Hello, my friends. First of all, I want to say thank you so, so much for being here, especially if you're someone who's joining on Wednesday morning when the shows drop. It means so much to me, and it's really an honor to come to you every week and share these beautiful people with you. So today we have oh, such a wonderful person joining us. Justin Davis is here. The one word that comes to mind when I think of Justin is just a blessing. He's an absolute blessing. And you know, I've been recording so many of my podcasts via Zoom over the past year with this pandemic, and uh, it was really special to have him come over and have this conversation in person at my house. And let me just tell you, Justin completely up-leveled me. He runs his own podcast called the Who Can Relate Podcast, and he has got the audio and the video down. So this, <laughs> this episode's gonna sound really nice uh, because he brought his own sound equipment, which I'm so grateful for, and I learned so much from him. Um, but he is such a warm and wise soul. We really get into some deep conversation here. And I also talk a lot <laughs> during this episode. And thank you, Justin, for allowing me to uh, ramble a little bit with you. But I really felt like we just got into such a great flow and a great conversation. And we're able to get into these subjects that uh, took us kind of to another level. We talk about relationships and marriage. We talk about him being a young father and what he's learned about that. He's also a model. So we talk about his experience in the modeling industry over the last like 16 years. He's had so much experience in the entertainment world. And uh, it just blows my mind how grounded he is, how centered and present that he is. Is, how professional he is. And uh, I mean, I can't say enough about him. You know, I'm just so happy that he's here. And uh, I think you guys are really going to learn a lot from this conversation. He has so many little like golden nuggets in there. He just drops wisdom at every other moment. So enjoy this episode. Um, and in the meantime, while you're listening, you can find Justin on Instagram at Mr. Just Davis, and I'm at Helen Denham underscore. So hit us up, let us know what you're learning. And if you feel like a friend might benefit from this information, please feel free to send it along. All right. I'll talk to you guys on the flip side. So Justin, the first thing I always ask guests is how do you like to start your day off? Do you have any oh. rising routines or rituals that you go to? Sure. Yes. Um, my morning routine may be the only routine I have throughout the day. <laughs> it's like kind of the only thing I can really control. Um, the first thing I do is, um, as soon as I open up my eyes, is I say thank you, um, first and foremost. And I kind of just sit with that. Like, thank you for the gift of health, for keeping me alive. Thank you for allowing me to have another day here. Um, and thank you for allowing me to um, be able just to have anything and everything I need to conquer the day kind of thing. Right. So, um, even more specifically, I put my left foot down out of the bed and I say, thank, and I put my right foot down and I say you. Um, so it's, it's just a, it's a gratitude practice I got from the book, the magic, uh, by Rhonda Byrne, who also wrote the secret. Um, so yeah. And then I make my way eventually to a cold shower. Uh, it starts off actually hot, then it goes to warm, then it goes to cold and then freezing. Uh, but I'm born and raised in Chicago, so freezing is different for me. And um, the beauty, there's a lot of benefits for cold showers. Um, but the, the main reason why I do it is because 
it is one of the few things that I found that clears my mind. I mean, when you're freezing, you can't think about anything besides getting warm. Um, it also forces me to work on my breath work, which is really important to me as well. And um, I know a lot of people make their bed you know, when they start off, which is like a, a sense of achievement for the day. Um, but I like to say that anyone can make their bed. Not everyone can take a cold shower. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like true. you Very do true. that, you're on a whole another level of achievement, achievement for the day. So, um, yeah. And then I go into a, uh, meditation practice, depending on the day, if I have five minutes or 15 minutes. Um, and then I do, I uh, stop me whenever, but I told you my morning oh, routine is wild. Keep going. Uh, then I go into, uh, journaling. Um, so I write down my, uh, mantras, affirmations, intentions, and what I want to manifest. Um, and then I go into my gua sha stone work, mm-hmm. uh, for my, for my face. I model for a living. So that's uh, my billboard. And, um, I also just want to take care of myself inside and out. So gua sha stone has been really nice, very relaxing. Um, and then I get to work <laughs> basically. Yes. There's a lot that goes into it. And you've already put in the work before you get exactly. to work. Exactly. I love it. Yeah. So it sounds like you are, are you familiar with Wim Hof? Of course. That's, of course. that's who got me for this the cold showers. This is where it comes from. I yeah, love that. How yeah. long have you been doing cold showers for? Uh, it was April, 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So right when the pandemic started, I, um, in kind of his moment there for a while, um, I had heard about him before from a friend of mine. And then I watched the goop, um, episode he did yes. that they had him on and, and I was like, okay, I don't have a plunge tub, but I have this cold shower. Let's try to figure it out. But the breath work comes from him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's so powerful. I I do cold showers when I can remember, but like there is something about it. Like it shocks you right into the present moment. Like you can't be anywhere else. You have to be in your body and you have to breathe to be able to handle that cold. To sustain it for sure. And it's amazing. And and just like you were saying, like making your bed is a sense of accomplishment. Like it does give you this sense of empowerment to like Mm -hmm. be like, I can handle pain in an interesting way. Totally. It it gets you out of your comfort zone to say the least. Mm -hmm. And it also... um, with the breath work, it, it just goes, at least for me, it shows me what my body's capable of, right? Because you have to disconnect your mind from the experience kind of, because your mind's going to say, what the hell are you doing? Get the hell out of here or turn to, turn to hot. Um, but when you can really focus on your breath, um, you'd be surprised what comes to you. There's a lot of like revelations I have or creative moments where I unblock um, something that I'm stuck with um, that I gain from a, from a cold shower. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And it's also really, again, a ton of benefits. Inflammation is great for your skin. You should wash your hair in cold water for just, I mean, the whole nine, but, uh, but Wim Hof was for Wim sure Hof's the, the, the start. The OG. He is. <laughs> Plus I was like, I, I remember watching this video. There's like this guy who's probably 60. He looks like he's 40 and like yeah. gorgeous Asian man. And his number one thing was like, I do not bathe in hot water. He's like, yeah. I only take culture. It keeps your skin so tight. Yeah, and I'm like, exactly. Oh, like now I'm rethinking my baths, but I, I <laughs> yeah, love a yeah. bath. Okay. But, uh, yeah, no, seriously. So many benefits to that. Yeah. And I also want to ask you about your meditation practice. Oh, what sure. does your meditation practice look like? Um, that's probably one of the hardest things of my morning. Um, it just depends. You know, some mornings I wake up with clarity and um, less on my mind. And some days I wake up with a lot on my mind. So I kind of, I've, I've learned to not force what I think I want out of it. I just kind of let whatever happens, happen. So sometimes it'll be just silence. Sometimes it'll be a guided meditation with headspace or anything like that. Um but I definitely just try to sit and clear my mind. That's like my number one intention, number one goal. And for whatever comes from that is great. And then that's why I journal right after, because whatever I receive, I kind of just, I'm like, okay, I meant to receive this right now. Let me, let me get it out before I forget. Um, but it's, it's, uh, I think the main source behind that. So Wim Hof was the, the cold showers. Um, Jay Shetty 
for sure was the source when he was um, doing his, I think it was a 21 day meditation IG live when the pandemic first started. Mm-hmm. Um, it really blew my mind um, how much you can gain from meditation, how difficult it is, but then how much you can gain from it for sure. Absolutely. It's yeah. a discipline. And it like, is. it reminds me you saying that, like how you do one thing is how you do everything. Jesse so Itzler. Yeah. Is that, is that who said yeah. it? I'm like, who said mm-hmm. that? Jesse Itzler. Jesse Esler. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you're such a like self-aware person. I can mm. tell that you're really putting in, you Thank know, you. the work, you know, and that. doing that. It's a funny word to say work because it's, yeah. it's a lifestyle that you're, oh, yeah. you're, you're stepping into, but yeah. how long have you been really committed to this path? <clears throat> I guess. Yeah. Um, I laugh because, um, <laughs> I, this was not me. Um, maybe, two years ago. So it's very, fairly new, Mm -hmm. uh, very recent. And, um, through, I think a lot of internal work, a lot of hard looks in the mirror, a lot of, um, hard conversations with myself and then through therapy, a hundred percent, uh, as I always say, therapy for the win. Um, it really made me understand that I need to get it together. Um, if I want to be the best version of myself, if I want to receive all that I deserve and desire, um, including relationships, let alone just, you know, anything else from abundance. So, um, but to short answer is, sorry, is, um, probably two years for the, uh, for the work. Yeah. 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 And plus, please go on as long as you want. This is your time to shine. (laughs) Um, and I'd love hearing about this, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's been a couple of years and, you know, I think what's so powerful about your work and the platform that you have is that you're really encouraging men to be vulnerable and open and express their emotions because, Mm I personally believe that uh, we develop disease as humans because of dis-ease in the mind. And I think that Mm. emotion is completely tied to the body and everything. And Mm -hmm. it's just so much societal programming that goes into this. So, I mean, what have you really learned about yourself and are newly embracing about yourself with your mindfulness practice? Wow. What a great question. Um, Everything is the short answer. Uh, but I'll be more specific because I also believe that everything to everyone is nothing to no one. So <laughs> I'll be more specific. And and also, too, let me just add, if uh, you mentioned um, the disease and disease, uh, it made me think of the book, The Body Keeps the Score. Um, so a whole book on trauma. But anyways, um, it's meant everything to me. So it allows me to, um, more than anything else, have clarity for my fog, you know, that, that I had. Um my podcast show is called who can relate. And, and the overall premise is, um, I want people to discover their higher selves through adversity, which we all go through, but nobody wants to talk about it until you hear someone else talking about it first, which was probably be today. Yeah. A lot of things, um, vulnerability, which is not a weakness. It's actually a sign of bravery and then self-love, which is to me something that we all put off to the side every now and then, and, and we need to implement more. And so, um, it allowed me to also create a space where people felt like they weren't alone because growing up, I felt like I was alone. So, and I had all these questions and no answers and no, and no issues and no solutions. So the work that I've done and being able to be vulnerable, et cetera, um, has allowed me to be really at peace. Ironically enough, it's the hardest thing I've ever done as far as just the overall work, but in particular, uh, vulnerability, I have trust issues, I have abandonment issues, neglect issues, um, and, you know, we've all had our own traumatic experiences, whether from childhood or teenage years. And so for me, it's um, anyone that I let into my life um, left me. So including my mom. Um, so for me, and, and definitely my dad. So for me, you know, to let somebody in is 
maybe as equal as someone climbing Mount Everest. I mean, it's like that difficult for me. So, um, you know, happily married and, and bless my wife's heart. You know, she created a, a space for me, safe space for sure, but a space for me to, um, not, it was a, it was a judgment free zone, but it was also just a a space that I'm not going to leave you. You know, Mm -hmm. even if we were, God forbid to get divorced, Mm -hmm. we will have created enough of a, of a understanding for me that vulnerability is the path to victory. You know, whether it works out with her or not, or whatever happens for us. Um, I know that I'm, I'm capable of putting both feet in, which is a whole nother thing too, that I've really realized throughout the journey is when you put both feet in, there's a win-win that will guarantee come out of it. So the first win is, is obvious. It works out with your partner and we'll roll the romantic relationships for a second. The second win is even if it doesn't work out with your partner, you know, you were capable of, of doing something that was scary as hell for you forever. Yep. So I know now that if I put both feet in and if it doesn't work, I have no regret. I'm not going to sit here and say I could have, would have, should have, because I did everything that I wanted to do and, and tried to do to the best of my capabilities. So in a next relationship or next partnership, I realize, okay, well, I can do it again. Yeah. You know, so on and so forth. So um, it's a little long winded, but um, again, it's it's taught me everything. It's 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 taught me everything. Mm. So yeah. Thank you for sharing that, Justin. Yeah. I mean. There's so many things I want to touch on you with. I'd sure. love to know more about your upbringing and, yeah. and what your upbringing was like. Yeah. Um, so I'm from Chicago, born and raised, proud Chicagoan. Um, and now I can wear shorts in the winter living in LA, which is crazy. <laughs> and um, I was raised by a single mom um, uh, who's superwoman to me. Um, she had me when she was 40. Mm-hmm. So in 1987. So that was uh, an interesting time. And then also um, she was raising a biracial boy. Um, so my mom's Italian and Polish and my dad's African-American. Um, my dad wasn't around. It was a, um, uh, basically he wasn't around in, uh, after the age of like three and four and back to trauma for a second. Like even during those short years, um, I remember seeing and hearing things that I should have never heard or seen, you know? So, um, and, uh, you know, my mom and I were glued to the hip. That was like, that was my homie. You know, that was, that was my, that was my everything. Um, ironically enough, uh, we're talking about this now, my, my birthday this year, um, it was a COVID birthday. And so my wife put together this video tribute basically, you know, and when it was my mom that came on the screen, she said a lot of beautiful things, but the one thing that she said to me, I've never heard before. And, and I still, um, I haven't seen her since my birthday, but I can't wait to, I see her next week. I can't wait to talk about it with her. She, um, called me her soulmate, Mm. a mom. Yeah. And I remember when I watched it, um, I was like, did she mean to say soulmate, you know? And, and I was like, well, there's obviously, um, many facets of of that word. And so, um, when I asked her a little bit, you know, she said, um, you were everything I never knew I needed. Mm. So, um, I bring all that up for context because that's how close we are. And so that was, that was the upbringing. And, um, then I lived in New York for, um, two years, um, primarily because of modeling. So I've been modeling for 16 years. Um, grateful to be able to say that I do it full time. Um, but it is definitely what I do. It's for sure not who I am. I can honestly, uh, care less to take a photo. <laughs> um, ironically enough, mm-hmm. um, I'd rather be behind the lens than in front of the lens. I'm, I love photography and videography. Um, lived in New York for two years and then I have traveled the world, which I didn't go to college, but I called traveling the world, my school of life. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, I mean, 
I have two passports. One not because it expired, but because I ran out of room for stamps. That's wow, you have I've traveled a lot all over. So so grateful for that. And uh, the experiences I received from my my time is just incredible. Um, and then let's see. So fast forward a little bit. Um, again, married. Oh, just, sorry. I'm going on and on. Uh, was it childhood? <laughs> yeah, just okay. your upbringing. But this is so interesting okay, cool. to know. Like, this is your development. Like, you yeah. know, what really imprinted on you and yeah. and everything. And, and I'm yeah. so, you know, I love what you're saying about your mother. And I Thank think you. it's so unique that she calls you her soulmate. It makes a lot yeah. of sense. It made me emotional to hear you uh, say that. It it's made like, me emotional, too. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And, and also, too, um, uh, it didn't even add to this because I was 20 at this particular time. But um, I'm a father to a proud um, daughter. And, um, she's 13 and I, again, had her when I was 20 years old, which was another catalyst, another crossroad moment for me. I, I, uh, received, uh, the best parenting advice I've ever received in the form of a stranger. Actually, um, my daughter was born and in the hospital, um, uh, she was in the incubator and I was looking at her through the window and, uh, this, this guy comes up to me and he's like, Hey, which one's yours? I point to my daughter and he's like, is it a boy or a girl? It's a girl. He said, okay, I have three girls can I can I give you some advice I'm like dude I'm 20 years old please go ahead this might be my only one (laughs) like we'll see how this goes you know and um he said are you going to be the father and the man you want your daughter to marry and at that particular time I I was like well hell no I'm 20 I'm you know a uh um a younger rolling stone I guess we'll also pg it for you but uh I was like I I knew that keeping that at the forefront um, was was going to be my motto as a father. And also, um, you know, my dad wasn't around. My mom and I, as much as I, you know, singing her praises, we had our, our definitely our rocky moments, uh, a lot of ups and downs. Um, but I parent based on um, what not to do. So mm-hmm. I was really never shown what to do. Right. Um, but I was definitely shown what not to do and how not to show up, et cetera. And I also want to add this too. Excuse me. I also want to add that... Um, should my daughter choose to marry a man? I don't want to say that too. Um, I just mm-hmm. love and support her, whatever she wants to do, whoever she wants to become, I'm here for it. But I definitely want to be the best version of myself to show up for her. Ugh. So yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's really amazing that you can understand that and really yeah. embody that when your dad wasn't around. Yeah. So did that trauma mm. come into your life when you became a new father or like, yeah. how did you transmute that? Yeah. It, I turned it for motivation. Uh, yeah. motivational purposes for sure. Um, again, just what not to do. I, I knew how it felt to, um, feel alone. Yeah. You know, I knew how it felt to, um, have someone say, I'll, sh- I'll come to your basketball game and, and then not show up. And the whole game I'm looking in the stands, not even concentrating on my performance. Mm. Um, I knew how it was to be confused, to have all these questions and no answers. So with my daughter and, and that's the beauty of, you know, I'm 34, she's 13 and, and we're like, best friends because we're able to talk about so much. Um, and, and that's so important for me to always keep that open line of communication, no judgment. Um, and just, you know, I'm always here in any way that I can be for her is, you know, me telling her this and, um, she receives it really well, you know? So, but ironically enough with the trust issues, um, it was difficult, um, when my daughter was a little bit older to really truly let her in. This, this is how bad it is, right? So because the people closest to you have the power to hurt you the most. 
including your children in my case, even, you know, my, my parents, you know, my mom, my dad, my wife, again, the closest to you. So, um, there's times where if I subconsciously feel a rejection from her, I, I notice I pull back and I kind of guard up, you know, and I'm like, God, this is my daughter. I can't. So this is the inner work that I will, you know, so it's a journey, right? It's a whole life, um, journey mm-hmm. that I will, you know, always continue to do, but also making sure that you know, I don't, I, I have a, um, uh, two of my life models. One of them is, um, you repeat what you don't repair. Yes. So for me, it was ever so important to not repeat what my, how my mom, you know, the lack of raising in certain ways. And then my dad, the same thing, Mm -hmm. right? So I want to repair that. I want, I want to break the lineage curse. Um, and the other thing is control. It's in your control. So, um, Mm -hmm. yeah. You just said something about your daughter triggering that like abandonment response in you, which I would have never thought like that, you know, your daughter could trigger that, but of course, like, wow. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure that you've learned so much through being a father. Like what else have you learned? What else has been revealed about you Mm -hmm. through raising a child, especially so young? Like, sure. Um, there's a great lyric by one of my favorite artists, Common. And, uh, he says something about his daughter in a song. He says, I looked into my daughter's eyes and I realized I'm going to learn through her. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel. She will teach me whether she realizes it or not, everything that I'm supposed to know about being a parent. The other thing I'm, I'm really trying to implement is, um, listening to understand as opposed to reply, um, seeking to understand as opposed to seeking to be understood. Um, and just, there's gotta be a customizable way you show up for people right? It's not just a one size fits all. So how I show up for my wife is not going to be how I show up for my daughter, yes, et cetera. Totally. And the other thing is, um, something I learned recently, which is so beautiful. And, um, I hope, I hope everyone listening or watching takes this away. Um, when I speak to my closest people in my life and they're going through any type of adversity or issues, um, I say, how do you need me to show up for you? Do you need me to show up with my heart? So the compassion, empathy, sensitivity. Do you need me to show up with my mind? Maybe I can give you something back in return. Or do you need me to show up with my ears? Maybe I just need to be a sounding board for you. How do you need me to show up? The beauty of that is you'll know how they want you to show up, A, and then B, because you're giving them the choice, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. a lot of times it's, it's you know, what I receive back is I'm not really sure. First of all, no one has ever asked me that before. So you like caught me off guard. <laughs> I'm crying now. I'm like, holy shit. And the other thing is... Um, you know, they can really sit with that because it's like, what, what do I need in this particular moment? Right. So I do the same thing for my daughter, you know, I call her mama and I, I'm like, mama, how do you need me to show up for you? You know, um, it took her a while to really, um, um, understand that concept. Um, but you know, I like to think when she's, you know, in her, you know, young womanhood stages, um, so I remember all these little nuggets that, that we have yeah, for sure. And it's just such a radical way to hold space for somebody. Exactly. And it's true empathy and, and really showing up from, because usually like this is something I've been transmuting as well is mm. like, I have a tendency to fix. And if somebody comes to me and they're like, I'm struggling yeah. with this. I'm like, here's your solution. Of course. I think that's what they need, but yeah. you're so right. Yeah. Usually what people need is just for us to listen and yeah. hold space for them. Yeah. Yeah, so, exactly. Something uh, we've been, my wife and I've been, um, unpacking in marital therapy is, um, cause I'm the same way, the solution based person It's actually yep. a masculine, uh, one of the masculine traits mm-hmm. is to provide solutions to issues and the feminine deals with, um, empathy, right. And, and sensitivity and just understanding. And so 
my wife gave me this in, in therapy and the therapist was like, I couldn't have said it any better. And she said, um, sometimes the solution is just understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't need you to fix anything. Right. I just need you to understand. And I'm yes. like, that's it. That, that's all you need me to do. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, you can't fix my period cramps right now. I just need you to understand. Be, yeah. Go get the heat pack. Go get the wine and chocolate, you know? So just yeah. understanding could also be a form of solution. And, um, it could be as simple as that. Totally. Sometimes. My so, yeah. sister has taught me so much about this. Like, you know, she, she, and I, you know, communicate so honestly with each other. And, and one time she was just like, Helen, like, I just need to like vent. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need a solution. I'm just going to sit with my pain for a minute. And I was right. like, thank you for saying that. Cause yeah. I really needed to learn that. And I'm so sure. grateful for the, that relationship and like that you have your wife that can also show you the yeah. same thing. Um, also, you know, you're talking about therapy and I love mm. that you're so open about therapy sure. because in my experience, like you don't need to be sad or depressed to go to therapy. Like right. therapy is for everybody. <laughs> yeah. It's great because we, a lot of us just need to talk yeah. and like get it off our chest. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. For me, um, I was in therapy since I was nine, you mm-hmm. know, so my mom, um, got to a point, her and I were just, um, oil and vinegar <laughs> and, um, she knew I needed a male figure in my life. And so, um, she she found a therapist for me and and not that I really remember those kind of conversations I remember the room and the space but not really the conversations but when I was 16 um you're appointed to a school counselor in high school and I had a woman at the time and um I was just a um a troubled kid in high school you know and and actually my childhood not necessarily um when I was a teenager with like drugs or alcohol I just I had a really bad temper I had a very hard time uh, listening or taking orders and I had no discipline. Mm-hmm. So, and I also was very full of myself. So, um, all this to say, my um, appointed counselor said I have a behavioral specialist that can, you know, maybe help out Justin on a deeper level. And he's a male, so it'd be it's a win-win. Yeah. And um, my therapist, as, as he is, um, he's one of my my therapists, um, who's been in my life since I was sixteen. So we're eighteen years now. He has been. Um, basically the only father figure I've ever had. Mm. Um, he also was the first one that ever um, gave me unconditional love, you know, a non-judgmental love, a um, acceptance that I've never seen before. I've never felt more importantly before. And he was the first one that made me feel like it was okay to open up, you know, easier said than done. I still struggled with it, of course. but I saw the possibilities because he, he created that space for me. Um, he taught me, uh, everything. I, I have more than half the reason I am, um, the person I am today is, is in large part due to him. Mm. You know, another thing he taught me was just how to manage expectations. You know, he said, you're constantly disappointed in your mom, but it's kind of shame on you. You know, mm. you have to manage your expectations as opposed to constantly being disappointed. If you lower your expectations for anyone, let alone mm. go with your mom, you'll now be pleasantly surprised if she gives you what you've been wanting. Yes. So, um, and so, so many other gems, but, um, and then my therapist now, I call him the Michael Jordan of therapy. Um, he is, I, it's, um, obviously it's hard for me to be speechless, but he, um, he has this gift of not giving me the answers to the test, but allowing me to find them from within, which is, the overarching is that's sustainability. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's one of those things where when I was in high school, um, I used to pay the smart kids to create cheat sheets for me. That's, I was just <laughs> yep. that kid. And, um, and you know, I would get, you know, I'd pass the test, 
Well, one time this, the teacher who we had, um, I got an A, we took the test and the next morning, I was sorry, the, the day after that, he said, he said, uh, we have to retake the test. Um, forgot what the reason was. Well, I didn't have my cheat sheet. And so I failed. Mm. And he was like, how he pulled me in his, uh, kept me later after class. And he's like, you got an A, you know, like a 98%. And then now you have an F like what's going on. Right. <laughs> and, and I was like, I forgot what I told him, but I remember thinking like, Oh my God, like I, I can't, I can't, I have to lie. I can't tell him the truth. I don't yeah. want to get the kid in trouble who gave me this, these answers. And I bring all that up because it's the same applies for life. If someone gives you the answers to a test, but what happens if you have to retake the test, you're going to fail. So you have to find the answers from within, AKA your toolbox to be able to pull out these tools when you're faced with, not if, but when you're faced with these problems, this adversity, this, you know, issue that you have at hand. Mm -hmm. Um, and my therapist, you know, my other therapist today, the Michael Jordan guy, he, um, helps me create the best toolbox in life. Mm, That's such a good way of putting it. Yeah. You know, and I really appreciate that you, go into like suffering almost with a curiosity. You're, you're mm. saying not if, when. So like yeah. it's inevitable. It's a part of our human experience. We're totally. going to face challenges. Yeah. So how are we going to approach those challenges and mm-hmm. know that like it's, this is a perspective, you know, that's really right. powerful. Life is working for us, yes. not against us. Exactly. And that is what I think really defines a person's character is yeah. their, it's the difference between optimism and pessimism. And sure. it, it really comes down to a choice at that point. So a hundred percent. Yeah. And the other thing to, to, Piggyback off of that is, I love what you said it, you know, um, I have a saying that's everything's happening for me, not to me, right? Yes. So same thing, but yeah. also there's, there's a, another lyric. I, I, I deal in lyrics, I deal in analogies and, and some people may say bumper stickers, but, um, <laughs> but the, the one thing that I love in this, this song is, um, the artist says I had to get it wrong just to get it right. Yeah. And that's how I kind of feel, you know, I, I am yep. open to failing because I know it's going to lead me to the lessons, right? Because there's no such thing as a loss. Everything is a lesson. Absolutely. So when you can grab those lessons, especially in the hard moments, um, especially when pain is our teacher, watch how much you learn. If if you're open to to learning, right? And not blaming or pessimistic, mm-hmm. you know, behavior. So, um, and God knows I have had uh, plenty of pain. I have had plenty of failed relationships um, where I was the common denominator. And I was like, okay, well... I tried to do things with my stubborn way and look where it got me. Mm-hmm. You know, I was lonely. I had voids. I would, I would force, um, the dependent nature on a partner to make me happy, which is just a terrible equation. No one do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and come to find out and, um, basically came to the realization that only you can complete you. Yeah. Right. It's not someone's responsibility, nor does, does someone probably want to complete you. Um, and again, that's back to the answers to the test, you know. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And that sense of responsibility is so powerful. And it's like how we show up to life and our relationships in general. And I also appreciate what you say. You know, it reminds me of perfectionism. You know, I think what holds people back the most is they're so scared of screwing something up that they don't even start. They don't even try because like their perfectionism is threatened. And I was just thinking about looking back on my first episode of my podcast and Mm. I I bet you feel the same way. I'm like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. (laughs) But at the same time, I'm like, I'm so proud of myself yeah. because I like the jump from mm-hmm. episode one to 40 is like sure. immense and yeah. I'm still getting every single day I'm getting better. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. that's really a blessing to look back on. And instead of being embarrassed and wanting to go back and edit and change, I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm just going to embrace that because that is physical proof of how much I've grown. Yeah. And like, 
you know, I couldn't have done that. You have to be brave to take that first step. You yeah. really do. Yeah. yeah. And, and also too, Helen, uh, um, if I, if I may, mm-hmm. um, one thing that I think about with my first episode and my first couple is, um, I love that people can see the progression because when I was thinking about doing a podcast, I compared myself, which is the worst thing to do to the best, mm-hmm. you know, to where they are today, like five years removed from their first episode, right? Yep. Jay Shetty's Lewis House, the world, uh, Esther Perel and, um, so on and so forth. And, and my buddy gave me some, he was like, man, you gotta like go back to their first episode. And I did, I went to Jay Shetty's first episode. I'm like, oh, the camera angle, the camera was shaking. The <laughs> angle was off. Like the edit was terrible. And I was like, wow, like actually my first episode is better than his. Amazing. So it made me feel better. So for anyone who's inspired by you, yes. you know, to create a space, um, they can go back and see the progression and say, okay, well look where Helen started look where she is. And then for you, for us, both of us, you and I, um, these are the moments where we celebrate the wins. Mm-hmm. It's important to celebrate the wins, right? Not just focus on what we could have done better, what we should have done better. Absolutely. Can't be that hard on ourselves. Um, and I'm pretty sure your first episode is not as bad as you think. I, <laughs> at least I tell myself that too. So yeah, totally. <laughs> I just remember like I would send, I, I interviewed Sarah Delane was my first interview that I ever did. And I sent her like a PDF with like 55 questions. I'm, I overwhelmed her. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh my yeah. God. But it's like, I overprepare. It was cute. I look back sure, on it and it's like kind of sure. cute, but totally celebrating our wins. I was taking a walk the other day and I just like got overwhelmed with this like sense of like emotion for just, Mm. just happiness, happiness and joy. I was like, I Mm. am exactly where I want to be. And I'm so happy that I've taken these steps to like push myself and I'm so grateful. And like, I I'm where I want to be and it's so rewarding. And it's, and I think the Mm. only way we're going to really feel like that is when we put ourselves in the face of a challenge to overcome Mm -hmm. and then step into gratitude and be like, I did it. And now let's yeah. do something else. Yeah, but, totally. Yeah. But but if we can sit with that for a second, because that's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, at least at least for me, I was always uh, my worst critic, my worst enemy. I was so hard on myself. Perfectionism. I actually read a book saying um, how perfectionism perfectionism actually leads to depression. Yes. Because you are that hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized I had a slight stage of um, depression and, and dealt with it for a while. And and I realized ce- celebrating those wins allows you to look back and then see where you are present day and then be motivated to continue to go. And mm-hmm. also it, you know, to, to your point of the 55 PDF questions and stuff like that, um, something one of my friends gave me, he was in my second episode. Um, he said, I can see how much you care. Yeah. You yeah. know, it really shows up when, when you see someone taking, res- being respectful of the time for the guests, but then also taking as much as it's necessary to show up in the best way possible to mm-hmm. utilize and be as productive as you can. Um, and you know, that's, that's beauty. It just, it's a, it's a affirmation and a validation of you being in your purpose, mm-hmm. which so many people never find. Mm-hmm. And here we are young, again, have the gift of life and health for keeping us alive. Mm-hmm. And, and we're in our purpose. Like yes. how crazy is it? I've, I've never been a workaholic before in my life. My podcast, I like eat, sleep and breathe this. My wife's like pulling me out of the office. Like, hello, you're married. Can you spend some time with me? <laughs> but I'm obsessed with it. Yes. You know? And I'm not, you know. getting, I'm not getting paid. I, I go figure the workaholic Same. in me. I'm like, this, I'm doing this for free, but I love it. That's when you so, know. That's yeah. like, that brings me to another point of just like, if I'm at this point now, if it doesn't bring me joy, I'm not doing it. Right. <laughs> I'm just it's, over yeah. it. And I know that mm-hmm. that's kind of a privileged maybe perspective to have, mm-hmm. but I think I've worked to get to that point where I'm like, 
I've set standards and yeah. I've, I've reinforced standards over time. That's like, mm-hmm. if this isn't making me happy, if it's not adding to my yeah. life, nope, not doing it. And that's yeah. about energetic boundaries as well. But yeah. And I don't even take it as, as selfishness. Um, and even if it was selfishness, I think it's a, it's a, a form of self love for you. Mm-hmm. So anyone who's in your life who loves and supports you and wants you to be happy, they would want you to be selfish with that particular thing. Cause they know they're going to then get the best version of you. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, when it comes to um, boundaries, right, that's just a sign of your self-awareness for your self-worth and your value system. Because if nothing is no, if, if something's no longer serving you, you should let it go mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. So I, I just, for that, for you, you're doing Thank that, you. which is beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's so important because like, you know, it's a little saying what we allow will continue yes. and that shows up in everything. And it's a challenge to say no, to learn how to say no is a really big thing that I relearn yeah. often, very mm-hmm. often, especially when I meet new people that I become yeah. really close with. I have to be like, yeah. okay, where am I comfortable? Like how, how much am yeah. I going to allow myself to expand for this other person? And, and when does it reach a point where it's actually sure. harming me instead of helping me? Yes. And in turn, if you're not setting your own energetic boundaries, you're not serving your community either. Exactly. Because you, they don't get the message either. And you can't pour from an empty cup. Yes. You know, per that. Yeah. One thing I'm really working on right now, which is uh, another challenge, um, learning how to say no without explaining myself. Yep. How difficult is that? It's so, so hard. I, I don't it's know getting know easier, but where, yes. Yeah, where I got it from. But but then to follow that, they said, um, and the best way to, to really try this this out, to really test out the waters, is to do with your family. Yeah. Which is, uh, for me, is almost impossible. But learning how to say no without explaining myself, without exhausting more energy. There's a difference between time and energy. Mm-hmm. And you need to be very careful and cautious with, with how much you put into both. Yes. So, and you're doing that. Yeah. I mean, I learned that too with, with housemates and people I live with. It's, it's like a little mini family, you know, in here too. And, and I realized that how I set the standard when I first meet people is really what they're going to take and they're going to know how much I can stretch. And so I have to really be like, I love you. And this is where my limit is. I love you so much. Yeah. (laughs) And that might make you feel like a bad person at first, but Mm -hmm. like now it's like, no, they, it's not, they're not going to think less of me. They actually respect me more when I do that and vice versa. I respect them. Yeah. Yeah. No, my, my wife, it just reminded me of her. She, um, she's such a selfless person that it actually causes problems in her relationship, our Mm -hmm. marriage. Mm -hmm. And, and something that I, I got from Jim Quick's book, Limitless. Um, he said, you have to say no to someone in order to say yes to yourself Mm -hmm. right and then flip it don't say yes to me if it means saying no to you yeah right right so it's it's just important to really kind of keep it at the forefront but that's just all Mm self-awareness knowing your limitations knowing your boundaries and just being true to yourself Mm -hmm. honest with yourself i want to talk to you about shay to your beautiful wife like you were kind of telling me how you guys met and everything but um what you guys have been married for how long now yeah a year and a half Year and a half, so mm-hmm. kind of newlyweds-ish. Mm-hmm. What was getting married like? Like, was there a consciousness shift that you had when you like took those vows with her, or was yeah. it like this natural progression? Like, I'm mm-hmm. so curious about what it feels like to get married yeah. and how things change. Sure, uh, full transparency. Um, the idea was fun. Uh, a, a little bit more <laughs> with with the idea is fun. Um, growing up, single parent household, um, you know, only child syndrome, and. I was fascinated by the family dynamic, the the in-home family dynamic, the siblings and the two-parent household. I was like, God, that's like, that's a, it's a dream. It's a fantasy, right? And, and I got it from TV and a couple friends. 
And so growing up, I, I subconsciously kept that fantasy and I wanted to manifest it to where um, it kind of, in, in, in my mind, would fill a void, basically. So controlling what's in my control is, okay, let me find a woman, let me get married, and we'll have kids, and I'll have my happily ever after that I saw on TV. Mm-hmm. So that was at the forefront with Shay and, and almost then created this impulsiveness, you know, to speed it up kind of thing. Cause I was like, oh, I, I found my woman. I found my partner. Mm-hmm. Let's do life together now. <laughs> you yeah. know, like hurry up. I've been waiting and I was 30, uh, um, 32, I think when I met Shay or 30, um, sorry, 30 years old when I met Shay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thinking I'm old at, at that time. And so I just felt like we had so much time to, to, you know, to make up for and so when I say the idea is fun, um, I realized that even, even when I proposed, even when we were planning for the wedding, that I was so fixated on the wedding and not the marriage. Interesting. Yeah. There's a big difference. Oh, yeah. One's a celebration. One's a lifelong journey. <laughs> one's a one night celebration. Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I mean by the idea is fun. And so... Um, Shay and I were long distance uh, for a year, and then I moved to LA from Chicago. Uh, that was a very interesting transition, uh, mainly for Shay because she had never lived with anyone before, uh, mm-hmm. from uh, with a man before. Yeah. Um, I had lived with two other women prior, and so um, you know we would argue about picture frame sizes and and towels. It was a huge thing. Towels was like our, our World War Three. <laughs> Funny enough, we actually both, not even knowing, put that in our vows and like our own Stop. about towels. The towels. So crazy. And That's uh, so, funny. so little things like that. And then big things, um, like maybe we made a mistake, you know, mm. maybe you moved too quick. Um, maybe we, maybe you proposed too soon. Um, so can I just ask, sure. did you guys get engaged before you lived together? No. Okay. So the impulsiveness is where that kicks in. Shay and I met April 20, April 21st, uh, 2017 to be exact. Like, hi, I'm Justin. Hi, I'm Shay. Um, I moved then to LA, uh, end of April, early May, 2018. So like 12, 13 months after the initial introduction. So follow the timeline here. So that's May. We'll say May 1st, 2018. Uh, June 1st, 2018. I was like, I want to get a dog. Let's Mm -hmm. go. Let's get a dog. So we get a dog. Okay. July 5th, 2018. I propose. So in a span of two months, bless my wife's heart, uh, <laughs> in a span of two months, the impulsive nature in me moves across country in with Shay, which mm-hmm. is, you know, pressure that she put on herself, you know, to make sure that, you know, she's doing everything she can to make it work. We get a dog together, which again, the idea was fun with that. I didn't really realize all that embodies with um, having a, a pet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I propose. So it was so much stress for Shay um, that she, her, it threw her thyroid off. I mean, oh, she lost yeah. a ton of weight, bless her heart. And I, yeah. and I didn't really, I saw the weight loss, but I didn't really compute it, yeah. you know, cause I was, I was on cloud 27, you know, I was just so excited. Of course. And, um, she was scared to death, <laughs> you know, she loved me, mm-hmm. um, but scared to death and knew it was going to be a lot of things were going to be risks. And, um, so that year of planning the wedding was very interesting um, because this was also the first year we had lived together. Mm-hmm. So um, there was a lot going on and a lot of therapy and uh, for both of us <laughs> and, um, you know, working through the kinks. Yeah. Um, I used to have a short term mindset before, um, you know, so I would at times of conflict with my trust issues and abandonment issues, I would shut down and close off mm-hmm. and I would it's terrible, but I would threaten by saying I didn't sign up for this. Mm-hmm. I used to tell her that. Um, 
think that I think a lot of people do that. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I realize um, two things. One, I was ego protecting mm-hmm. because how many times if, if there's women listening, um, how many times have women heard a man say, you hurt my feelings? Not a lot. On my, in my, I mean, like, sure. we don't talk about feelings. Men don't really talk about their feelings exactly. like that. They just shut down. Exactly. So back then I didn't really know how to uh, articulate my feelings. Yeah. So I would ego protect, you know, you know, get louder, puff out my chest or close off um, as opposed to just saying, wow, that, that really hurt my feelings. Mm. You know, can we, can we talk about this? Yeah. Um, the other thing is, is I was notorious for self-sabotaging. So when things would be going really well, anything in life, career, relationship, friendship, I would always think of when is it going to end? How is it going to end? Right. To the point, Helen, where I would, I would basically guard the exit door. Wow. I knew where the exit door was. I knew my escape plan. I knew what I was going to say all to basically hurt you so that I didn't get hurt. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Huge. That's, that's how bad it was with, with trust. And so all this was during this year of living together for the first time, planning a wedding, mm-hmm. the expense of that. I lost one of my biggest clients ever in my 16 year career. They were like, sorry, we were not blah, blah, blah. So mm. I lost like 90 grand a year just from them. Oof. And I'm planning a wedding. I'm like, thanks for coming out. Um, what the hell now? And yeah. so um, there was so much that went into it. So by the time we got to the wedding day, um, I remember like I'm, I'm a, a journal, right? So I journal and I, I love writing. Um, and I obviously have a lot to say. And so um, I made a, a um, kind of like a, a vow to myself that I was going to wait to write my vows until the morning of our wedding. Mm. I don't know where this came from. I didn't read it, hear it from anybody. I just was like, I don't know what the hell I'm going to be feeling that morning, but I just want to like work through it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, mm-hmm. and if it moves me to tears, it moves me to tears. If it moves me to whatever. And so uh, we got married in Cabo. So I took a walk on the beach and I had my phone which for my notes. And I sat down and um, wrote out my vows. Mm. And one of the things that I wrote in my vows was, um, you know, I never really understood the, the, let me rephrase that. I never found my definition of love. Mm-hmm. You know, love is, um, that, that definition is very subjective. Yeah. Um, and if anyone's ever watched the movie Her with Joaquin Phoenix, if you ever seen that, um, Amy yeah. Adams has a beautiful line. She says, um, love is the only socially acceptable form of crazy. Ooh. If you think about it, totally. like love makes us do crazy things. It does. Right? So <laughs> that, that could be someone's definition. But I, I never had my own definition. I never found it until I met my wife. Yeah. And she, my definition now of love is um, I don't want to know what life is like without her. Mm. And that's what marriage is. It seems like, like that's yeah. when, you know, like this is my person. Yeah. Yeah. And the other, um, like the comma. And then to add to that sentence is, um, you're the first person I've ever trusted Yeah. with everything. And I'm not talking about infidelity. I'm just mean like everything Sure. from like how to fold my laundry to like how to, you know, guard my heart, how to, how to hold space for me, you mm-hmm. know? So, um, yeah. And, and so the, you know, the wedding was amazing. I surprised her with, um, I played the saxophone for her while she walked down the aisle. Aww. Yeah. She had no clue. She didn't know I could play the sax and I hadn't played in 20 years. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. yeah, she had this request that was like her main thing. She was super flexible with the plans. And, uh, um, I did a lot of the planning and she said, but the one thing I want is to have a saxophone player play the, um, Lady Gaga song, um, 
always remember us this way from the oh, movie A Star Is good. Born. Yeah. I took lessons for 10 months on the low. Uh, oh got, my God. Uh, we got into some Ten months? serious fights because I had to get out of the house, you know, at eight o'clock at night on a Thursday and just, where are you going type of thing. And mm. um, Target was my answer primarily, but I would come home with no Target bags. You know, who does that? No one. Oh my God. Everyone comes home with something. Yes. You go to Target for toothpaste, you buy <laughs> aisle nine, right? Yeah. And so um, that was uh, a huge thing for me because it proved to me that, um, you know, if you set your mind to something, you can do it. Um, but also it showed me how much I was willing to devote to a person Yeah. because I was very selfish before. Um, so this is like kind of a rant right now, but to, to go back to the root of your question, uh, for how it is to be married, um, for me, and again, based on my background, it really showed me that I am not alone. Mm -hmm. It -hmm. showed me that it's okay to ask for help because it doesn't mean that you failed. It means that you're not alone. It's okay to delegate. Mm -hmm. Um, it's okay to, um, open up to someone and and trust that they're not going to damage or hurt you. Um, now I don't really think of the exit door so much. I I think long-term as opposed to short-term. Um, and it just allowed me to really, um, kind of just like receive everything that I deserve and I desire mm-hmm. you know, in, in the form of a person for the most part. And she's also my mirror. Um, she like, won't let me get away with any of my, uh, can I swear on here? Of course. Okay. Any of my bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, um, you know, she keeps me on my toes to say the least, which is a beautiful balance. And I think, um, you know, my masculine side needs that, but then my feminine side definitely, um, needs her to, um, be patient with me, yeah. you know, and be sensitive with me. Um, so yeah. Oh my gosh. Like it's so refreshing and cool to hear you talk about this because I've been going through my own journey of like, what does marriage look like? Like, what does my idea of marriage look like? Having yeah. kids look like, what does my future look like? Like, mm-hmm. you know, and I think a lot of my resistance to it is really not wanting to open up and be vulnerable in that way because I'm like, okay, I give up a huge part of my life. Like I have to worry about somebody else. And I am definitely, I've been a person to look for the exit door always and and prep for that, like doomsday preparation, which I've, you know, kind of gotten out of, but like, Mm -hmm. it really gives me this greater sense of optimism because like you just explained it so simply and beautifully, like you don't want to imagine a life without her and you just love her. And it's like, there's a simplicity to that. That's really Mm -hmm. refreshing and it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be, you know, an overthinking situation. And and I just love learning. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, the beauty of being in a partnership is you're learning about the other person but I actually think you're learning more about yourself being with this person. Mm-hmm. You know, like I used to, I used to think I needed to be quote unquote complete in order to be with a partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and I made that mistake. And when you make that mistake of, of showing up quote unquote complete, cause there's no such thing, but for whatever it's worth, um, you limit what that new person can then bring into your life. Cause there's no more space for it because yep. you're quote unquote complete. So when you get to learn about someone and then learn about yourself through that person, that is a journey that is beautiful is not even the word for it, but I can't think of anything else. Um, but it's such an amazing ride if you're mm-hmm. open to it. Um, and the other thing is, is, is the saying goes one day it'll make sense why it never worked out with anybody else. <laughs> I love that. And it was really hard for me so to, true. to, cause we all have that one X that's our standard. Yep. Right. Oh let's, yes. Let's I can think of them. The, the comparison. Um, but you, but for me, I had to understand for, for my ex that I always kept at the pedestal and the, high standard, um, 
who I was in relationship with that person is no longer, in large part, not who I am today. Mm-hmm. So that means that I, I'm able to be with someone else and then that person's able to bring in a different you know, perspective or a different love or a different light and energy for me to receive. And then for us, obviously, to grow together. And we set offline um, at the end of the day, love is not what keeps you together. And in my humble opinion, um, growth does. Yes. So find someone you want to grow with. Yeah, that's so so powerful. And I think it kind of loops back to our conversation around perfectionism. Yeah. um, Because I think a lot of us have blocks around, like we give ourselves ultimatums almost like, Mm -hmm. For me, my biggest ultimatum is like, I need to be super financially secure and stable to allow myself to be in partnership. Like I have to be rich. I don't know. There's some connection between love and money for me. That's like, Mm. you know, I feel like my career has to be like perfect before I allow myself to date. It's something that I'm working through. Um, And I think my last boyfriend, it was so wonderful. He really helped me to get out of that, but it's been I don't know. You know what I think it is though? It's mm. an ex I hold at a very high standard. Like he yeah. was, you know, an entrepreneur, like very successful. And I look at him as I want to be the equivalent to him almost. And I won't yeah. allow myself to settle for like anything less until sure. I match him, sure. which is so funny. And like, yeah. that's definitely something to release and alchemize because yes. it blocks me from receiving love and growth. And like, I'm yes. never going to, when am I ever going to think like, Oh, I'm perfect. I can have a relationship yeah. now. Like you're not, it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're not. Yeah. I, I think the career thing that, um, Interesting enough, um, I, I always thought that was like a masculine trait, but um, I have a lot of masculinity yeah, in my brain. I, I'm I really that. do. I'm yeah. learning that. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. great. Um, for me, I, you know, I, I thought about the Bob Marley video that's that everyone I'm sure has probably seen by now. When the reporter asked him, "Are you rich?" Mm-hmm. You know, and he's like, "What do you mean by rich? You know, define rich." And he said, "Do you have a lot of money? Do you make a lot of money from your music?" And he said, "Money makes you rich." Mm-hmm. And think about that. For a second, like here we were a little bit um, before talking about essentially that we feel rich in the sense that we found our purpose. Yes. We're living in our purpose. We would do it for free. Mm-hmm. We've, we, it fulfills us, right? There's a difference between success and fulfillment. This is fulfillment. Yes, it is. It brings you joy. You know, it makes you cry in the best way. It also made me think of, I had a, um, a yoga practice I was doing two weeks ago. And at the start of the practice, I was crying. Mm-hmm. I, we, we were like rolling through the, the um, sequence. And I started to cry and I was like, what is that? You know, out of body experience, I'm like, yeah. what is going on? And I was like, I'm so happy. Oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm so fucking happy. Like that's why I was like, yes. I'm so fucking happy. Like, oh. and, and it's such a, we struggle and fight with everything we have to get to that euphoric uh, mountaintop peak feeling. Yes. That has nothing to do with money. Exactly. Totally. So like for me to you, for whatever it's worth, um, that should be the last thing on your mind when it comes to, yeah, to so right. finding your partner, totally. right? Because um, you, I, I believe, cause, and I can only say this because I can relate. It, it takes mm-hmm. one to know one. So for me, um, I ended up subconsciously putting that pressure onto a partner, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and then they took it on as like, well, it's my responsibility to make Justin feel, okay, I'll do it. But they can't. Mm-hmm. Only you can complete you. Totally. Back to that, right? Yep. So it's it's more of a, um, 
I mean, for me, I had to sit with like, why do I feel that way? Mm-hmm. What societal pressure, what childhood trauma, That's it. what's going on? Like, That's what's it. the root of it? I mean, I think my root quickly is just like, I saw my mother and father, my dad was like the breadwinner and everything. And he was a lawyer, but my mom is also an incredible entrepreneur. She yeah. owned a modeling agency. She's a pilot. Oh. She's done like so much crazy wow, stuff. That's amazing. She's amazing. And then when she had children, she was a stay at home mom and like was trying to start a hospice and she was fundraising for this hospice. Like she is just like a big person and like having children and being married, like it, it just like, so I look at that and I'm like, I am the same way. Like I want to do so many big things that like Mm -hmm. it scares me to be in a relationship or to think about having kids because I'm like, it's going to shrink me. Mm. And I really, I'm I'm like, I really don't want to shrink. So it's definitely a childhood response. Like, you know, not wanting to repeat that pattern. Um, Sure. Because I, I see how it hindered her spirit, yeah. you know, but you yeah. know, now I know what I don't want. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think, um, you know, not to knock on your dad at all, this is not even about that, but mm-hmm. I think your partner will, will feel that and sense that from you and help uplift you against that. Yes. You know, as opposed to like feeding into it, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. just kind of support that my mindset. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, I truly believe that, um, the, the right person for you will bring out the best in you. Yeah. Right. You want to find someone to compliment you, not complicate you. So yes. like, that's the goal. At least. Totally. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. I wanted to ask you too, like separate topic. Sure. You've been in the entertainment industry for so long and modeling and like I've dabbled in that a little bit um, Mm. and I did not get through it so successfully. (laughs) Like it really got into my head. Like it it messed with my confidence Mm. and like, uh, you know, that's a whole separate thing about society and women and everything and how we're programmed. But like, how do you keep a good head on your shoulders in an industry that values your beauty and your appearance? You can't take it too seriously. Yep. I mean, I'll, I'll unpack it a little bit more, but like the short answer, if people take away is you can't take it too seriously. Um, I'll add to it by saying there's enough work to go around. Yeah. I know I'm not the only person who looks like me. So if that guy's doing, you know, Levi's in San Francisco, well, he took my job, but no problem. I have a JC Penney's in Dallas to do then since he can't be there. You know, there's mm-hmm. enough work to go around. It's not a scarcity mindset. It's an abundance mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is, is I manage my expectations with it. You know, um, I control it to my control. Every time I show up, whether it's to an audition or a casting, I show up me, unapologetically me yeah. in, in, an, in a humble way. Um, but I, I'm, I won't be everyone's cup of tea and that's fine. Yeah. Um, but there's enough to go around. And the other thing is, is I've learned that, you know, your looks may get you in the door. And this is, I guess, for life, but, you know, it definitely applies to this, this industry and modeling. Um, but it won't, it won't get you the jobs. You know, you have to bring more to the table. Mm -hmm. And so most of my clients are repeat clients, like for 10 plus years, Mm. they know my whole story. Um, because I've worked with them so much and, you know, I've always been a talker. Um, I'm sure that's a shocker for a lot of people (laughs) right now. This is why we podcast. We love (laughs) to chat. (laughs) Exactly. And, um, you know, so when I, when I see my, my clients, you know, it takes us so long to talk about the work day because we're catching up yeah. amongst ourselves. You know, there's yeah. a relationship there. So, yes. you know, when, when people hire me, that's what they're getting as well mm-hmm. as what I can bring on, on onto the camera, you know? So, um, I think it's important. And, um, at the end of the day, you know, one thing that I, again, with the not taking it so seriously is I knew that there was an expiration date and I just, my intention was I'm going to get as much out of this 
as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been able to travel the world as we talked about at the top of this. Um, I've made a good enough living to be financially secure and stable and happy. Mm-hmm. Um, it allows me to do a lot of different things. It also allows me to create my own schedule, which yep. is very important to me. <clears throat> and, um, and yeah, again, just, um, understanding that it could also be all taken away, you know? So when you go into like that, you're like, well, damn, what the hell's in my control? Mm-hmm. Let me take care of my skin. Let me eat decent and <laughs> I'm getting better. And um, uh, let me exercise and, and you know, show up um, professional. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, not just be the model who's taking selfies in the makeup chair the whole time and not, you know, contributing to any conversation or just being present in the moment. Um, yeah. So that's just really connecting with your me. team. Yeah. Plus it's like, it's great. Cause you have just like a business mind about it. It's a business yeah. and you're not like, it sounds like you're not relating your self worth to a job no, and you, you know, I love what you just said too, about like abundance mindset versus yeah. scarcity. It's something I learned in the music industry as well mm. as like, um, I just made such wonderful girlfriends and it took to make those girlfriends. I was like, we're not in competition with each other. Like we all have our own unique imprint and like people that connect with our music can also connect with her music and like her music. It's like, we're doing kind of healing work with our music and sharing this. Like there's no competition here at all. No, It's like, it it, it just opens up so much more of life when you're in that place and you become magnetic, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. And what you focus on, you create more of. Totally. So if it's abundance, you'll have more to, you know, be grateful for. And I think the, the not taking it personally thing is, is, is a huge component to, too. But let me say this. I mean, I'm, I'm a man sitting here, right? I understand for women, it's a totally different ball game. Um, it's a, it's a totally different way to show up. Um, not just physically, but also just, um, energetically as well. Um, but that's just, you know, my personal experience and, and kind of my, my mindset. Hey there, just popping in for a second to tell you about my new offering, Cultivating Confidence. This is an online self-mastery course that I've been developing over the last few months, but I honestly feel like I've been working on this for my entire life. (laughs) And I'm so happy and I'm so grateful to be at a point now where I'm really able to share this with the women in my community. So it's an online go at your own pace course with eight modules and it includes EFT tapping, guided visualization meditations, affirmations, transformational workbook prompts, goal setting, developing a daily practice, and so much more good stuff. I've really included actionable steps in every single module for you so that you are really doing the work. And you're going to discover a lot about yourself through doing this. It's really amazing what happens when we invest in ourselves and show up for ourselves. It's a way of communicating to ourselves that we love ourselves and that we believe in ourselves. So if you're ready to look into this and you're ready to take the next step and really step into the next version of yourself and align with that highest version of yourself, this might be just the thing for you. So you can go to HelenDenham.com to check that out and you'll see a link for the course and let me know if you have any questions but thank you so much for listening and back to our conversation mm-hmm. i bet your daughter it's like great that she can experience that reality yeah. as well like yeah. the the people we see in the magazines now are not like heroin chic like they're right. like all different body types yeah. which is pretty new just yeah. in the last yes. five to ten years mm-hmm. like that's pretty new yeah, so. I, I think the overall message I think that is being spread is beauty is beauty. Yes. That's it. Yep. You know, it could be skinny, it could be 
um, thick, it could be big, could be small, could be young, could be old. Beauty is beauty. Yep. And, and there's like and a radiance that comes from that. Yeah, that's for beautiful. Sure. Yeah. I'm also kind of curious to know, like, you, you're talking about kind of starting your mindfulness journey and really getting into this tool belt that you're referring to like a couple yeah. of years ago. Yeah. Was there like a breaking point for you where you were like, okay, I need to start to really take care of myself here. Like what mm. was your initiation into your, yeah. your practices? And like, did, was mm. there a book? Was there a teacher? Like what started to transition you into this? Yeah. Um, great question. Um, there was a lot. Uh, the first thing was the gratitude practice came from um, the magic, uh, the book, The Magic by Rhonda Byrne again. Mm. Um, that book, it's like changing my life is not even it, but um, for lack of a better phrase, it just completely reshaped my mind, my, my, my outlook on life. Uh, abundance, um, everything. And so in that, um, it's a 28 day practice basically. And so every day it gives you different gratitude practice. Well, the, the first, I think it's the second one is, um, you find a rock anywhere. So you go about your day and whatever rock stands out to you, you pick it up and that's your rock. Um, and you hold that rock before you go to bed and you run through the the gambit of what you're most grateful for for the day. Mm-hmm. So you, But you have to land on one. So you can think of 10 things, right? And then you pick, you're like, okay, no, this is it. Like, I'm really grateful I was able to spend time with Helen and and do two podcasts in one day. And that's, that's what I'm most grateful for. Mm-hmm. But when you run through what else you could have chosen, you're also showing gratitude for that. So, right. it's a, you know, it's like a cool little trick. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, that's my night routine. But then I also just implement, implement it in the morning with an intentional, you know. Um, I also knew that the more intentional you can be, the more you're going to get out of life. Yeah. You know, um, so instead of just walking aimlessly, <laughs> like having intention, you know. Yes. Having, and not being, there's a difference between having intention and like being in, in a, like a control mindset right because that's never going to be good Mm -hmm. um jay shetty also huge huge credit to him um and there's a buddy of mine who um he got me into reading um i was never a reader i probably read five books um up until i was uh 32 years old (laughs) and um two of them were around sports and uh he was like well it's it's about you know what you want to learn Mm -hmm. you know and i was like okay well i was like really being into self-improvement and I basically bought and read every self-improvement book there is to mankind. Amazing. So doing a book a month for a while mm. and um, still am. And um, so all these things to say that helped me understand that, you know, the only time I can really dedicate per day, because again, my, my schedule with my job is totally random, is in the morning. That was like the only time I could really control it. Mm-hmm. Even at night, it's like I probably could, but I'd be really tired. Yeah. Because I've had the whole day on me and I'm like, yeah, I'm just exhausted. Yeah, that's good to know. Good and to then know. And my mind is yeah. like, yeah, that's the thing with meditation is I used to meditate at night. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized like I have all the day's thoughts in my head that I, I really can't like cipher through to be able to focus. So sure. I was like, let me just try in the morning where I'm kind of empty mm-hmm. mentally um, before I get the day going, you know? So, um, yeah. so yeah. Beautiful. I mean, Justin, I could talk to you for hours. Like I have like so many questions for you, by the way, yeah. Justin gave me a book today. That's yeah. your, you just said you give gifts to people and the yeah. book is your gift. So sure. I'm so excited to read that. Yeah, I haven't quite looked thing. at what you gave me. What is that book about? The one thing it's just like, it's about center and uh-huh. just, um, how to get to it. I stick to it. Yeah. Um, 
and center centering yeah I love yeah that. it's Simple. like yeah it's Can't it's wait. loaded um mm-hmm. but it's 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 a really um uh, it's a pillar uh for me of of my foundation and um it's it's just a beautiful outlook mm-hmm. you know and and like i said for you it's um for everyone, we, we just met today, you yeah. know, so how do you give a book to someone you don't know? But um, I did enough homework and research on you to kind of see where you were in alignment, you know, awesome. and um, I just thought it was kind of fitting. Thank you. Yeah, I love that. It's such a good gift. Yeah. Um, and finally, is there anything that we haven't touched on that I haven't asked you that you want to express or touch on? Um, yeah, actually, um, I would like to take a moment to um, uh, acknowledge you. Oh. For a second, actually, I uh, definitely talked enough, but this is um, your your audience will appreciate this. <laughs> um, and this is actually something I do um, at the end of every one of my episodes. So you'll actually get two today um, <laughs> when you film mine. But um, just to acknowledge you for going for it. Thank you. I mean, I, I'm going to go on and on, but just going for it, we'll start with that's the umbrella. You know, a lot of people think it. It's another thing to actually act on it. Um, and a lot of people can't act on it cause it's scary as hell. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're actually running towards fear. Yeah. How many people can say that and then sticking with it, yeah. right? Cause comfort and growth cannot coexist. We talked about this. We had a whole technical difficulty situation <laughs> here. Um, and we talked about it. Like it's, I, I learned a lot, you know, from all of this, as, as you said. And so it's growth. It's a, it's yeah. a growth mindset. Um, you have this space that is, safe it's um intentional it's thoughtful it's it's with care and love and it's consistent Mm. so for me when someone shows up consistently it stands out to me because i i crave that in people and i also want to embody that um and when i get your emails the self-care sunday emails you know it means a lot because it's Mm -hmm. like you need those accountability partners Mm -hmm. it's hard for us to be that for ourselves and i can only imagine how many people you're you know, consider as an accountability partner for. So you, you know, then uh, are responsible for um, a lot for a lot of people, but mm-hmm. you can handle it, which is beautiful, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that what you have is, is something very special. Um, this was an honor and a pleasure as, as I realized as we've been rolling, um, I would much rather, I love the guest life. I'm, the host is like a lot of pressure, but this was great because I could just talk, but Absolutely. you created that space as well. Um, you know, I've been on a lot of podcasts and this was just such a, a, a flow, mm. um, you know, which is beautiful to create. We don't even know each other. So it's a, it's, it's a huge testament to you. Thank you so, so much. That means so me. much to me, Justin. Thank yeah. you so much for those words. And, you know, I think we're mirrors, which is why we clicked so easily. We were both like, we got on a discovery call together to just chat and we were yeah. like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with what you're doing. Like <laughs> your, your whole setup is so professional. Like how oh, you run you. this, like you've really up-leveled me. So like, oh, I'm you. just really grateful. And I see you as like a mirror and a way forward for myself too. So like, thank you, thank you for being here and for opening up and sharing. Like I've just mm. learned a lot about love and relationships from you and also just like your journey to growth is very expansive so thank you yes it's been such an honor to have you here and honor and pleasure is mine thank you okay and then where can people find you oh yeah um instagram is at mr that's mr just davis so j-u-s-t-d-a-v-i-s um i mentioned i have a podcast called who can relate it's on all podcast platforms and youtube um and 
that's kind of it for now. You, you're the yeah. one with the website and the blog. I, I like, I got to step my game up. Oh my God. But, uh, it's so much work to do all of this. It's I'm so like, much work. And you're <laughs> like, you're killing it. And like, you guys, you just check out his podcast. You've got some amazing guests on there. Like I love listening to what you're putting out and watching. So appreciate it. I'll link that in the description. Yeah. But thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, you guys, thank you so much for being here and hanging out with us today. Honestly, this is why I do what I do. This is why the podcast exists, because this beautiful container is formed when people are willing to just put down their shields around their hearts and become completely open and talk about why we are the way that we are and what has most deeply transformed us and become really vulnerable. So I'm just you know, humbled by that. And I'm so grateful for that. And, uh, thank you again to Justin for being here. Make sure you check him out. He hosts a podcast called the who can relate podcast. He's at Mr. Just Davis on Instagram. So go check him out. He's always up to something amazing and expansive. And I'm at Helen Denham underscore and Helen is my website. You can find uh, links to my blog posts and past podcast episodes, links to my music. You can also sign up for my weekly newsletter, self care Sunday, which I have so much fun sending out. It's just a little love note in your inbox every week. So I think that's all from me and check in every Wednesday morning. There will be a new episode for you waiting and uh, I love you. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day wherever you are and I'll talk to you soon.